This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Uh, it was a scene of devastation on the 400 between highways 88 and 89, the result of a 14-vehicle crash in the northbound lanes, which appears to have started when two fuel tanker trucks collided. Three people are dead. Police say there may be more victims still in their cars, and they are working to identify them. Social media posts of pictures and videos show huge explosions and fireballs. OPP Sergeant Kerry Schmidt, who uh, often appears on this program, says that uh, it's the worst scene of devastation he's ever seen. Just last week, OPP Commissioner Vince Hawks was warning truck drivers to drive more attentively. Ontario Safety League President and CEO Brian Patterson said he plans to call for a coroner's inquest, and he joins us now. Brian, welcome. Thank you. Good afternoon, Libby. Okay, so where are you at with this? Uh, uh, we've spoken to the coroner's office this morning. We're going to provide a formal request in writing uh, tomorrow with the details that uh, we think would be appropriate for them to look into. As uh, you probably know, but many listeners wouldn't know, the coroner is in a unique position to provide an impartial review of issues that result in fatalities. And as the uh, commissioner of the OPP has identified, uh, 69 fatalities to this point are related to something uh, involving commercial vehicles and private motor vehicles. Uh, and it may be distraction, it may be fatigue, it may be other issues, but I think uh, uh, the coroner's uniquely qualified to step back, uh, call in the best and the brightest to uh, provide him with advice, and then to provide advice to the government that's both impartial and uh, has the best interest of the public at mind. Let's go over what we know about this event. And what we know is that there was another crash beforehand, and it seems that the transport truck didn't slow down because the traffic was, uh, one of the lanes was was taken out by that. That's uh, my understanding, that uh, there was a stoppage on the highway, that other vehicles were already proceeding safely around that stoppage. And for whatever reason, uh, the uh, uh, tractor trailer uh, was smashed into one that was stopped. And the uh, chain reaction behind that involved an additional uh, number of vehicles. Well, yeah, 14. And there were, Uh, sorry? Yeah, uh, 14 in total. Uh, both private motor vehicles and other tractor trailers. Uh, and and the devastation was just uh, incredible. Uh, what can you tell us about um, the problem of driver inattention? Because there are rules about how long they can drive without a break. I think driver fatigue, the OPP commissioner mentioned that. Uh, we're seeing it uh, uh, come up in uh, violation-related issues. And we're also uh, very 
concerned with the competency of both private motor vehicle uh, drivers and uh, uh, truck drivers, some new to the industry, uh, some uh, addressing what it, what's become a sort of uh, secondary problem, this just-in-time thinking that some contracts require and squeezing every nickel out of the driver's uh, time on the road. So at the, uh, at the end of the day, it may have something mechanical and it may have something else. You think uh, you're suggesting that that they're stressed or in a hurry because they have to make their schedules? In in some cases, uh, that's a factor. I mean, in this case, the fire is the devastating, unique element here that we happen to have uh, fuel vehicles involved. But we have, uh, of course, you know, tens of thousands of trips every day with those vehicles on roads and uh, uh, without a problem. So that was a contributing factor, that fire. But, uh, you know, inclement weather wasn't a factor, has been in other scenarios. So uh, there's a number that the coroner can select that would, uh, uh, would address issues around fatigue. We have some of the best fleets in this country uh, working on safety all the time. So it's not systemic to the industry, uh, uh, but it, uh, it clearly is a problem. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, I'm often reminded that private motor dr- uh, vehicle drivers get hundreds of thousands of tickets for improper driving, and none of them have to go back to school. Uh, that's uh, that's an interesting question, too, as, as well as the right way to drive around trucks. I mean, uh, I've got to say that personally, if I'm on the highway, I just try to avoid them, but it's not always possible. So I, uh, I, uh, I'm a motorcycle rider, and I was uh, on my way to Kingston two weekends ago, and uh, uh, there was a period on the... Uh, 401 when I would say I was observing some pretty reckless behavior on the part of both private motor vehicles and uh, tractor trailers and uh, that was uh, making me very uncomfortable and I'm not a nervous rider and I've got lots of kilometers under my belt there so uh, 20 minutes of uh, a five-hour ride was uh, stressful because it happened to be on the 401 with uh, with the drivers that uh, uh, are not uh, not safe. Okay, Brian, hang on. Uh, let's take a couple of calls. We've got Harold in Kitchener. Hello, Harold. Good day, Libby. Uh, I listened to your program. It's great. Thanks. Uh, I'm no truck driver, but I'm wondering why they couldn't put uh, flashing purple lights on the trailers that when they slow down to 30 kilometers, these lights are activated as long as the hydro is going to them. And the, the truck drivers are so used to amber and red that like a plow, they would at least uh, recognize something different. And even in town, so they're starting off at a slow speed or slowing down at a slow speed, it wouldn't hurt if they came on. If they had to shut them off, they could have a countdown timer at a truck stop that if they had to have a break, they could do that. But, but I'm thinking they got to have something that's different than what they've got now because nothing else is working right now. And I'm no engineer. But I thought of this the other day, and now this other accident happened. What do you think of that? Uh, okay. Or, or what does your man think of it? <laughs> okay, thanks. Uh, I, I, I think that's a very interesting mechanical issue that uh, that uh, the trucking industry would not be adverse to uh, uh, to looking at, because at the end of the day, we've changed, and through the corner, we've changed things like the uh, reflective issues on the back of uh, uh, vehicles. Uh, particularly school buses and tractor trailers, to avoid T-bone collisions. So uh, with LED lights and the low uh, 
uh, the, the low uh, amount of electricity that they uh, now present, we could be in great shape. Okay, uh, let's hear from Ron in Guelph. Hi, Ron. Hello there. Uh, thank you for taking the call. Um, I've been on the radio talking to you before. Um, I said I've got uh, 20 years of experience driving gray coach and greyhound, so I have seen such a difference. I've been retired seven years now this month, and um, in that, I thought the driving was bad back in the, you know, up until 2010. And when I go on the 401 now, what I'm seeing is it seems to be a societal thing where everybody seems to be in a big rush. And you're seeing people, again, Brian alluded to the fact that people haven't, have never even, I've gotten their license without being on the highway. And I know here in Guelph, we have people coming from all over the place and with never getting on a 400 series highways, getting their license. That's one point. The other one is when you hear on the news, you hear a multi-vehicle accident closed two lanes of the 401. The reason those are happening is cars are traveling at 120, 125 kilometers an hour with only one car length in between them. I've seen it on the highway. You probably have as well. Well, yeah, and uh, I want to point out that that sometimes when I'm on a highway trying to go something remotely resembling the speed limit, uh, I get people trying to run me off the road, and sometimes they're trucks. And let me tell you, there is nothing scarier than looking in your rearview mirror and seeing a truck barreling down at high speed. Well, that's, you know, and I can appreciate that. I mean, I I can sit in the, the middle of this thing because I can appreciate the position that a lot of truck drivers are in now. Most of the guys that I've seen all have dash cams. I mean, I saw it on my own occasion where um, people would uh, pull in front of the bus, uh, not realizing that, well, you might be able to stop, but this big vehicle is not going to stop. And, I mean, as said, with the multi-vehicle accidents that are taking place, when it involves a truck, when somebody cuts off a truck, I mean, I saw it the other day where a car went from behind a tractor trailer because he was only going... 105 kilometers an hour, pulled out, passed a few other vehicles, went into the left lane, started cutting across to make the exit. Off of oh, Winston my goodness. Churchill. Okay, that doesn't sound good. Ron, thanks for your call. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, what do you make of that, Brian? Speed? Oh, I agree with Ron. I think the uh, professional drivers, and we have uh, thousands of them in this province, know that that comfort zone, the safety zone between vehicles, is there for a reason, and it is just what we've talked about. Uh, you know, uh, anybody who's been on the road, I mean, I do about 50,000 uh, kilometers a year in, in my job, and I have to tell you, I, uh, I see that all the, uh, all the time, uh, reducing that safety zone, uh, acting inappropriately, and it can be either uh, a commercial driver or a private motor vehicle driver, uh, both of whom ought to know why that safety zone is there and why abusing it places everybody at risk. Uh, Brian, I've heard uh, that there is a bit of a theory that maybe part of the problem is tinted windows. Yeah, one of the the things that uh, came up in the discussion after the OPP commissioner is, you know, we provide an awful lot of vehicles with stock tinted windows. So you can have three or four private motor vehicles in line and they, they cannot see ahead of them because they're either behind an SUV or they're behind uh, other uh, vehicles. So uh, they're hoping that the, the driver in front uh, 
uh, of the conga line make sure that they're uh, uh, they're safe. So uh, I think that may be a factor. I think the lighting and the ability to identify the risk uh, through some mechanical means uh, may be there. I mean, I look forward to working with the uh, with the coroner so that these independent uh, ideas can come forward, a fresh set of eyes focused on safety, and uh, and that because uh, uh, I. It's frustrating when you consider how hard the uh, Ministry of Transport works on these issues, how many safety stakeholders are engaged, how many trucks and fleets are out there uh, dealing with safety every day, and we still have incidents like this pop up that are devastating. Okay, let's hear from Terry in Utopia. Hello, Terry. Hi, how are you, Libby? Fine, how are you? Well, I'm not bad for an old fella. (laughs) Go ahead. I drive. I drive every day. It's part of my job. I, I drive for a living. But I've lived in the. I've lived in Utopia, which is between Barrie and Angus, for. Uh, I've lived in the area for almost 20 years. That stretch between 88 and 89, it always seems to be, almost like the Bermuda Triangle. It's the worst stretch of road for for bad accidents in the last 20 years that I've lived up in there in the in that area. And and I and I don't know what it is, and I and I, I wish I could put my finger on it because it's it's very frustrating to hear another accident on the 400 between 88 and 89. I don't know what it is with these people, but I can tell you one thing: I drive it every day, and it's speed. I have never seen so many people speed in all my life. They got to be doing 140, 150. And I mean, I being being a driver during the day, I won't do over 10 kilometers over the limit. That's that's as much as I'll do. And people stop, they, they, they go by me like I'm staying still. Yeah. Terry, thanks for your call. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, Brian, how, how much of a factor is uh, speed? Uh, I, I think it's a significant issue in many of these where people don't adjust their speed at all for inclement weather or conditions ahead. But as uh, the last caller said, if you're doing 150, uh, on 120 uh, or 120, you're you're well in excess of the speed limit. And uh, Libby, to tell you the truth, I've done as many shows with uh, this crazy perception that we should be able to speed on highways and uh, raise the limit to 140, et cetera, et cetera. So at the end of the day, the engineering is good as it is now. Uh, what we really have to address is uh, uh, potentially uh, uh, more aggressive enforcement with respect to speed. And uh, in those uh, scenarios, uh, technology may be a factor. Okay, uh, let's go to Doug in Lindsay. Hi, Doug. Hi, Libby. Yes, uh, I would uh, like to think that uh, some of this blame for this should fall back on the companies that are hiring these drivers. They should be uh, taking some responsibility. If a driver gets into an accident or even gets a speeding ticket, uh, there should be a financial penalty to the uh, uh, the company that he's working for. We, they, we, have that right, we have that now. The commercial vehicle operator record is uh, one of the best in the world. Yeah. Uh, it's studied uh, across jurisdictions. We have some fleets who are doing an incredible job. So often we're down to one driver, one set of circumstances, or in some places, rogue companies who are just not meeting the standards that are set in this province. Yeah, well, as I say, it, uh, if the, the companies get hit in their pocketbook, they might pay a little more attention to making sure their drivers are trained and driving safely. Okay, Doug, thanks for that. Thank you. Okay, uh, 
We want to take a lot more of your calls and your questions and have more with Brian Patterson. Right now we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back with more of that right after these messages. And again, before we go to break, the numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740, and we will be right back. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. We are talking about that horrific crash on the 400 late last night. Three people are dead. There may be more fatalities. The officers are working to identify the victims and there may be more stuck in their cars is just awful. Uh, the cause was apparently traffic had been slowed. A lane was out because of a previous accident. Uh, but two tractor trailers collided because they didn't or couldn't slow down on time. I am with Brian Patterson from the Ontario Safety League, and we are taking your calls. And let's go to uh, Simone in Parkdale. Hi, Simone. Hi there. Surely they must see ahead of them, of them uh, that there is a problem up ahead. I can't understand this, and it's happened so many times lately. Um, I saw about 10 years ago in W5 a special on this, and it was about these fly-by-night offering schools that are not teaching drivers properly, and then they send them out on the road. I think they should be closed. If these were closed... I think that perhaps it might uh, eliminate some of these problems, but but they're allowed to go out there driving and perhaps incompetent and uh, and not paying attention to what they're doing or, or just plain incompetent. And uh, obviously, it's uh, taking lives. And I really wish that maybe Patrick Brown could have, uh, get after the Liberal government to do something about this, to shut those schools down. I think this would help a lot. Uh, okay, Simone, Thank I'm going to let Brian respond. Yeah, Ontario's got a, a big mandatory entry-level training program underway, so a lot has taken place. I have to uh, apologize, Libby's. I'm about to go live on TV, and uh, as you can imagine, it's a busy day, but I'm uh, available to you or your listeners at any time if you want to to follow up. This problem's not likely to go away as of today. Okay, and uh, you'll keep us uh, updated on uh, how things go uh, with the coroner. Thanks a lot, Brian. Thanks, Libby. Okay. Okay, but we are taking your calls. Let's go to John in Brampton. Hi, John. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? I'm okay, Libby. I just thought I'd call. I've had a, uh, an incident with uh, with the tractor trailers uh, some years ago. Um, ran a red light, uh, hit a car in the intersection, killed the driver of that car, and then, oh then turned the car into my uh, my car. Uh, which was uh, stopped for a red light into a dump truck beside us. So ended up, my wife uh, ended up eight months in the hospital in a coma, and I was three months in the hospital. But uh, And I, I drive a lot to to, uh, to Barrie, but I stay away from the 400 and go up the, the, the 27. But I've come down the 400 in the wintertime, and getting into a, a snow a snow storm and just seeing a tractor trailer go flying by me right into the that you can't even see in the snowstorm. So, my my thought was that I mean I know people won't like this, but I would make uh, I would think 407 is probably the safest highway because it's all lit up, and make the make the 400 highways uh, you know a toll road. Mm, uh, yeah, I can't imagine that uh, that would be politically I know that. I mean, it won't uh, palatable. Happen, but... 
But, but uh, you know, uh, if you're going to go on those highways, but, yeah, the trucks just fly by you. I, I, when I go to Brampton or I go anywhere else on, a, on the 400, I'm driving in the, the driving lane and only uh, get out of there when I have to pass either another vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that sounds like a, a, a terrible uh, thing you had to go through. Well, unfortunately, and then four years after, my wife passed away as a result of the accident. So, yeah, so, so these sorry guys, to hear that. Uh, yeah, they're just flying uh, there. And, and I, I thought at one time some years ago that there was mandatory that uh, highway, like uh, tractor trailers, couldn't, couldn't exceed 100, 100 miles an hour. But uh, I'm sorry, 100 kilometers an hour or so. But that they're going faster, much faster than that. Yeah. Yeah, they are going much faster than that. John, thanks for your call. Okay, thank you, Libby. Bye bye. Bye. Let's go to uh, Barbara in Hamilton. Hello, Barbara. Hello, Libby. How are you today? Fine. How are you? Oh, not too bad. This brings back memories about, oh, a few years back. I was driving back from New York, and I really don't know where the trucker's brain was that day. But it was, I was in traffic, and along with everybody else apparently i found out later there was an accident down the road and the traffic was stopped couldn't go anywhere there was a truck beside me and he was determined he was going to get off at that Trafalgar exit and i thought mister i'm here to go there you have to drive on top of me i tried to look what options i had i couldn't go to my right there was no shoulder. I couldn't. I was on a bridge type thing. And the cars were back of me. We were bumper to bumper. Anyway, he was determined he was going to go over there. So I'm thinking, okay, don't panic. <laughs> and I'm panicking, but don't panic. And I thought, if you go over there, you're going to go over my car and probably decapitate me. And I'm thinking, should I get under the dashboard? I did not know what to do. Well, he got over there, and he dragged the back end of my car. But there was so much traffic, it did start to move slowly. But I thought, well, I can't pull over now, so I have to try to keep going until I can pull over and assess it. But then this other car, thank God for him, because he saw what happened. And he said he got the trucker's the truck number, the drive, the his license, driver's license, uh, the license plate at the back. He got all the information, and he says your car was pulled at a 45 degree angle. The back end is completely off. And I thought, oh my God. And so anyway, he kind of directed me where he knew the area. I didn't know the area, and he knew. And he directed me and told me, follow me, and we'll pull you over off the road. And I did. When I saw the car, my car was brand new then. I was coming back from New York. And I thought, oh, my God. And I thought. Well, you're okay now, right? Oh, yeah, I'm okay. If he had seen it, though, I thought, nobody would have believed me what happened. He ended up getting his way and getting off the highway. But uh, they did catch him because of the skies, but thinking. But he said he did the same thing back a few miles to another car. Well, um, that's a pretty scary story, Barbara. Thanks for sharing it. Uh, 
Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay, let us go to Richard in Guelph. Hi, Richard. Yes, hi. How are you, Libby? Fine. How are you? Thank you very much. I'm very interested in a number of comments, and uh, I'm all for um, making sure that proper testing procedures are in place, uh, regulations are enforced. I do take some exception to a comment made about more aggressively pursuing people that are exceeding the speed limit because using the word aggressive implies to me that there's a danger created very often for the police officers that are pursuing the aggressors. But my question is very simple. Why are we not implementing photo radar? You mean on the highway? Exactly. You think that would be a solution? It certainly was a number of years ago, and uh, I was—I—I uh, I got a ticket going too fast. I have to be responsible for what I do, and and have to pay it. So it starts to hit the pocketbook, and this is not an aggressive way of pursuing people that are exceeding the speed limit. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your reaction? Do you have you had problems with uh, trucks when you're driving? We're always very careful when we're passing trucks or anywhere close to them. Um, I can't say that we, we drive too fast, so we haven't had specific issues, but um, we're well aware of the trucks, and sometimes they are, we feel, tired going over the center line, but we're quite careful when we're driving. Okay, thanks for that. Thank you. Okay, let's go to Ed in Barry. Hi, Libby. Hi, how are you? I'm uh, quite fine. Thank you. Um, I worked uh, I worked for the Ministry of Transportation for about 15 years, and I, worked, I, I looked after the 400 extension north of Barrie for 10 years and about five years from Barrie down to Highway Number 9. Uh, the problem with that, that piece of uh, 89 to 88 is the big curve, and that that's what causes the accidents there, that people are speeding. Now, for years, I've listened to OPP coming on here and saying that 120 kilometers an hour is acceptable. Well, it's not. Uh, the, the sign says 100 kilometers an hour, and that includes the passing lane. Uh, they've often said that the, the OPP doesn't make the rules, they're supposed to enforce them. Well, 120 kilometers an hour is not survivable. The reason that, that thing, uh, the speed sign says 100 kilometers an hour is because of survivability and for people don't seem to realize that when you're doing high speeds at 130 and that, your, your, your fuel mileage is cut in half. You know what? That's the reason for 100 kilometers, and that includes the passing lane. Okay, well, let me just point something out. I don't know when the last time you tried to go 100 kilometers an hour, but I can tell you my experience is there are a lot of spots where if you're going 100 kilometers an hour, they're going to be trying to run you off the road. Well, I mean, what do you say? They're not enforcing it. They're, They're allowing the 120 kilometers an hour. So when you allow 120, they think that 130 and 40 is okay. That's why you got at 105 kilometers an hour or over, 
you should be getting a ticket. Simple as that. Well, that's, that's uh, I mean, you know, a lot of things uh, aren't enforced uh, all the time, partly well, because of... Well, they have to start yeah. doing that. They can't get on the radio and say 120 kilometers is okay. It's not. Okay, Ed, thanks very much for that. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, uh, let's go to Rob in Mississauga. Hi, Rob. Hi, hi, hi. Great day, great day. Yeah, I, I have so many things to say, but I know I don't have much time. So basically, I used to travel from uh, travel from Port Credit to uh, to uh, Sarnia, and that stretch that that's from London to Sarnia, it's like quite flat and with gentle hills. And these garbage scowls, these trucks, I call them, I call them the garbage scowls. They were like the big, huge, long trucks with the screens where they where they were filled with garbage. I could see them coming from behind me for. For, for miles, and they were moving easily over 70 miles an hour, like at least 125, and, and they're supposed to be governed, and they would fly by me with all these little specks of garbage flying out of the, uh, out of the screens. So I, don't, I, I think that a lot of these trucking companies, they put a lot of pressure on their drivers to get their, to get their routes done within a certain amount of time. And I think uh, also I think we have to consider that I think we make it too easy for people uh, that just come to this country to get their drivers to, to become truck drivers. They they don't have experience on our roads as as, as like uh, someone that's that started driving from the age of 16 or 17. And I think I think most of these accidents are caused by new drivers, which most of these drivers now are new Canadians. Well, I don't. Wait a minute. I don't think you can say they're new Canadians. Maybe new drivers, but uh, you know we don't know that. If you look at most of the truck drivers, I well, don't know. I, I mean, you know, and new like drivers to, are new drivers. And I'd like to comment on that, on the, what the gentleman said about that, uh, that there's sort of like, a, a, you know, uh, that, that one spot where that, where that bad accident was is there's a lot of accidents there. And I think the reason for that is that there's so much traffic and congestion before there that the traffic actually opens up just before there and people start gunning it and they start flying because they want to they make time. They, they were held back by all the traffic. Well, there just, was in this case, there, there was an accident there before. And uh, Rob, I'm going to have to let you go. We're running out of time. I'm going to try to take one more call. Al in Brantford, you have 30 seconds. I think that guy hit it just about right on the head when he said the quality of driver has changed so much in the last 20 years. Like uh, I, I'm not going to name any names, but a certain uh, a lady left the Tim Hortons coffee shop, took this driver course, and nine months later, she's on the road running west. Um, okay. Um, With so a transport. It, an automatic. It's an automatic, so you don't need a much mechanical skill. You just know how to steer it and aim it. Once you pass your AZ license driving license you're okay to go on the road starting off limited at the beginning but further down you're out gone they aren't coming up the ranks and another thing that we had here in, in canada we had some of the best truck drivers in the world because they came out of the military the military were training them right back years ago when the military did their own transport that's long gone now okay al i'm gonna have to stop you there yeah, because yeah, sure. we are out of yeah. time thanks for your call Okay, people, um, obviously a lot of people have a lot to say about this. Remember, Free For All Friday is coming up, so call back and you can uh, bring up this topic again on Friday. Right now, that's all the time we have for Fight Back for today. We now break for traffic and news. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. 
You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.